The Versecast is brought to you by Engine. Create your free community website at enjin.com. Hey, Jimmy, how you doing? Hey, Gleep, I'm doing good. I feel rested and sassy. How about you? <laughs> Me too. I feel a little damp today. It's raining up here in, in NoCal. How, how are you doing down there? Uh, we're, uh, we're, we're dry, but it was a bit cloudy when I was coming home. So, you know, for those of you in the rest of the world, rain is a weird, weird thing for those of us that live in California. It is very strange. It is a it is a a, um, uh, a cruel mistress. It confuses most um, people. Forget how to drive when it rains here. <sighs> uh, I don't know how most Californians would survive in a snowstorm. <laughs> it's well, I tell you, I'm, I'm close enough to the snow that um, uh, during the winter time I don't go there. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, uh, we are those guys with ships, and this is episode sixty-six of the Versecast, the best damn Star Citizen podcast. And today is March twenty-first, twenty-nine forty-six. Your time may vary. Now, I guess probably the the thing that had us had our texting thumbs cramping the hardest this week, uh, I think, was uh, the Citizen Con. Citizen Con. CitCon, CitizenCon, CitizenCon, twenty sixteen, teen, 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 CitizenCon. <laughs> you make it sound like a monster truck event. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. Monster ships, I guess. It, 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 um, was, uh, it was a bit of a monster truck rally with uh, the, the mad dash to get tickets. Well, it, it's because last time we uh, recorded, which was uh, two scant weeks ago, uh, there had not been an announcement made that tickets were going on sale. So Correct. Uh, we we kind of got blindsided by that. So, uh, But... Um, uh, they so they did it in uh, two waves, I guess you could say. Uh, there were some somewhat less than two hundred tickets that went on sale for subscribers only on Thursday the seventeenth, um, and then those sold out in under ten minutes. Um, the remaining four hundred tickets went on sale to all backers uh, Friday the eighteenth and sold out in about twenty four minutes. So the event itself is going to be at the Avalon Hollywood. It's going to be Sunday, October 9th. The doors will open at 2 p.m. and the event begins at 3. 3 p.m. October 9th. 9th, 9th, 9th. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. That's that's right. It is a Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of weird how that worked out. Well, who's going, you ask? Well, uh, tune in to the community show next week to find that out. Very exciting. Very exciting. Very exciting. We'll, we'll just leave that tease hanging out there. If you're following us on Twitter, you already know, but I digress. <laughs> he do. Um, well, you know, another thing that, that happened that was uh, kind of exciting uh, this week was we got another concept sale, and uh, a little controversial, I think. Okay. Uh, it was the, uh, the Vanduul Blade. Now, I think last time... Uh, we chatted. Uh, there had been discussion that there might be a concept sale coming up. 
but we didn't um, we didn't know what it was going to be. I, I heard um, uh, some folks speculating that it might be a small mining ship that that would be coming. I think we had talked the Terrapin, I believe, was the um, was the name of the ship that had been in one of the polls uh, for uh, what concept would you like to see? Um, and then I think also a lot of folks were pulling for the uh, the Drake Dragonfly, the space motorcycle. Um, and uh, I think what we got was something that nobody expected, or yeah. very few people anyway. Or, or, or more to the point, something from Squadron 42. You know what? You, I, you're good point there. I hadn't did I, thought did of I just it. blow it your mind? Just, Whoa. <laughs> Dude, that was my skull. Um, the Vandal Blade by Asperia. So I guess this is uh, another one of the... Um, it's a knockoff. Correct. Uh, yes, it, it's it's not an actual Vanduul ship. Uh, right, right, right. It's a, a a replica, like a like a kit car, like a classic kit car. Yeah, yeah. Uh, from the official descriptions, with over a quarter millennia of recorded encounters, that would be since twenty six eighty one for those of you scoring at home, the Vandal Blade is both one of the first of the species spacecraft encountered by the United Empire of Earth and one of the most common. A dedicated light fighter and skirmisher, early, earlier models of the blade took part in the first raids on human colonies in Orion. Boo. Although aspects of the design have been upgraded over the decades, and like all Vandal ships, very slightly from clan to clan, the modern variant has reta- retained an extremely similar silhouette with improved control surfaces and more modern weapon attachment points. So now it's, um, it's slated to carry... Uh, one size two weapon, two gimbaled size ones, and two size one pylon mounts. So, uh, Jimmy, what do you think that um, that might be comparable to in ships that we already have? I'm thinking like the Avenger or maybe um, uh, somewhere between the Avenger and the Gladius. Yeah, it, it's, it does seem like it's going to be somewhere between the Avenger and the Gladius. Um, I, it doesn't look like it's going to be super well armed, which kind of slips a little bit more into, um, uh, into uh, kind of a glass cannon. Mm-hmm. Type role, I think. Uh, quick, fast, um, get in, get out. Can't take a lot of hits. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, well, I, I think you know that uh, probably what was most surprising to a lot of folks is that it can be yours with LTI, mind you. But that doesn't mean anything, right? Uh, for only. <laughs> I think. I, I think even we don't buy that anymore. <laughs> It doesn't, it, it really, it, well, it's a total uh, do what I say, not what I do. Yeah, yeah, totally, know, totally. No, yeah, I get yeah, it. It's like, it doesn't mean anything, but, you know, but, I, I you will know, stand It's nice to have. I, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't mean anything, but, you know, it's, it's nice to have. Exactly, exactly. She has a great personality. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, it can be yours with the LTI for only 250 U.S. dollars. Ow. It's a bit pricey, but you know the thing is, it, it's not a um, it, it is not a, a standard uh, human type you know sh- production ship. Um, if you look at it in terms of um, you know, like this is like like I said earlier, this is like your your classic uh, you know nineteen twenties nineteen thirties type car, um, but not the actual not an actual car, but a replica or a kit. That's put together, and those are expensive. They're not as expensive yep. as the originals, but they're expensive. But uh, what are you going to use it for? Well, you're probably going to get shot at. That's one of the things you're going to use it for. Because <laughs> well, you know, I can, 
even even in the documentation, it says you know you may experience uh, you know unnecessary and overt aggression from just about everybody in every sector of every part of space you fly in. But you know, so yeah, wh- wh- why? How could you not buy into that? <laughs> I think um, you know. I think a purpose for the ship uh, would be stealth runs, uh, you know, into Vandal space. I think yeah. that it might be that might be helpful. Uh, that you know, perhaps they're not going to attack you as quickly. That you might have enough time to get in and um, survey the area uh, and get out. You know, uh, so I see a purpose there. But beyond that, it, it's just a bragging rights ship, in my opinion. You know, it's a look. I've got a Vanduul blade ship. It's a co- it's a collector's item. Yeah, yeah, it's a collector's item. Yeah, you take it out. You take it out on Sundays with the misses. <laughs> well, I, I know um, uh, Dietrich uh, was uh, lamenting in chat the other night that, uh, oh, no, I have to. Because he has, uh, I believe, the glaive and the, um, what's the other one? The scythe. And uh, he was lamenting, oh, no, now i got to get this. You know? uh-huh. So it, I, I think it, it, it does, uh, it does uh, 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 scratch that uh, collector's itch, you know. Yeah, and I get it. I mean, some, some people are very, very into uh, all of the alien ships. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that's that's their jam, you know. And I get it, um, you know. And and that's that's definitely um, an itch that some people need to scratch, you know. So it's a cool ship. I mean, I do think it'll fall in line with you know with your with your Gladys's, for sure. Yeah, well, it it certainly I think it is an interesting looking ship. It's it's sleek, it's sexy. Gladius. It looks like a is. a really evil steak knife. You know? <laughs> it does look like a really evil steak knife. Nice. Yeah. Um, and it's going to be on sale, I guess, until uh, about the 27th or the 28th. Now, I'm looking at the uh, f- crowdfunding stats uh, since this went on sale. I guess it went on up on Friday, which would have been the 18th. Um, they've uh, they've raised because they were averaging, you know, somewhere about twenty to twenty five thousand dollars a day prior to that. Um, they went up, and since uh, since it went on sale three and a half days ago. Um, they've raised uh, pretty close to six hundred thousand dollars. I'm guessing. So nice. Yeah. I, so I think um, I think that uh, you know, though there has been some hue and cry, I think that there was enough of a niche market out there for it that um, you know it probably was a, a smart choice. The saber was what I was thinking of um, in comparison. Oh, okay. Which you know, yeah. saber blade. You know, see what I did there. I think I think I think it's more like see what CIG CIG did there. Um, you, you I made I, a cutlery joke. Yeah, I think I think it's gonna fall uh, in between the uh, the Gladius and the and the Saber is is kind of where that ship's gonna fall. Well, the Saber has like like six size three guns, isn't that right? Four, four size three well, guns. Well, okay, mean- it's it's what it is is it's two size three fixed, two size two gimbaled. So you could go all gimbaled, but it would be four size twos. Or you could go all fixed, and it would be four size threes. There you go. Yeah. So anyway, I, I think that the, definitely the sabers uh, uh, more powerful than, than this ship is. Yeah. But, yeah. I would. Yeah. I would agree. It is definitely going to be more powerful, uh, but probably the similar in armament and mm-hmm. maneuverability. Well, you know, one thing I was thinking today as I was pondering this question is I. Because I'm, I'm looking at the stats here, and we've got uh, 100. Uh, no, I'm sorry, uh, 1.3 million citizens. Um, so, and you know, you'd have to guess that on average we we have more more than that many ships. I mean, because I think there are probably 
uh, there are some people that have all the ships, and then there are some people that have just one. But So I'm guessing, well, let's just be conservative and say that we've got uh, a million and a half ships out there. I would love to see a breakdown of how many of each ship there are. And then if you compare that uh, or, or slip this in, this uh, ship in, just assuming that everybody uh, over the last three days that spent any money bought one of these, um, that's going to be, so that's going to be a couple thousand of them. Yeah, no, totally. Now, that's not a lot. What? Yeah, no, in, in the verse, no, definitely won't be a lot. But it'll, it'll be a nice, um, the, the, one of the things that I like about uh, all of the, the variations on ships and how many there are um, is that it's going to be a very diverse and very eclectic verse. And I think that's really cool. You're going to see, you know, and we're starting to see that now in Crusader, you know, where you're starting to see a very diverse group of ships flying around at any given time, which, and I'm sure that this is obvious, well, it's obviously intentional, but it gives the, the universe that much more character. You know, when, when you don't have, you know, six to 12 ships, when you've got 60 ships, you're going to see a lot of diversity out there, and you're going to see there's going to be ships that you're going to see more of than others. You know, especially when the game goes live, you're going to see a bunch of noobs in a bunch of noob ships, and occasionally you're going to see you know the the backers popping up popping out in the middle of nowhere with you know just something that like everyone's like oh wow like a you know uh, yeah javelin yeah like a like javelin that, yeah. or, or yeah. you know uh, an endeavor you know and and I think that you know that plus the NPCs that are mixed into the uh, mixed into the equation. Uh, it's gonna it's gonna make for a very rich immersive environment. Yep. So what's the I, con- what's the controversy um, over the ship? Is it is it just controversy that it's it's not what people were expecting, or that it's another Vanduul ship? What what's the controversy? I have no um, I have no I have insufficient uh, data sample mm, okay. uh, to to speak authoritatively as to the quality of the controversy. I've just heard a, a, a smattering of grumbling uh, about the price. Mm. Well, yeah, it's not cheap, you know. But I mean, the thing is, CIG, CIG, I think is 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 pretty fair at their pricing. It's it's all over the map, you know. There are ships that are affordable. There are ships that are not affordable. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's just it is what it is. Well, I mean, but you look at the ship two hundred fifty dollars, and then for two hundred fifty dollars, you can get a a fully loaded um, out the door, fully loaded tax and, and delivery um, uh, retaliator. Yeah, you know, I mean, if if you line these two things up, I mean, uh, which one do you think is is more valuable? Well, at the end of the day, it's not really value; it's what speaks to your playstyle. I mean, the saber is one hundred and seventy dollars. It's not that much cheaper than uh, than the blade. No, well, on a percentage basis, that's close to forty percent more. I mean, that's yeah. I I, I mean, we can we can split these hairs. Uh, you know, we could uh, we could split we could. these hairs. We could split these hairs, uh, but we'll we'll leave that to Reddit. <laughs> yeah, totally. That's where where they've uh, they've turned uh, hair splitting into an art form. It's, it really is brilliant. It's like they use lasers, and uh, it's just outstanding. And there there should be a, another cutlery joke in there somewhere. There should but, be, but I'm, I'm I can't find it. <laughs> All right. Well, um, speaking of other ships that cost about two hundred and fifty dollars, um, and I think are much more exciting. Uh, oh my God! The Starfarer. Did you take the tour and the PTU? Oh yes, I did. Yeah, we should mention that um, since we last recorded, um, it was, it's only been a couple of days now. Since uh, was it Friday? The, the yeah, PTU? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was it's Friday? Late Friday. Uh, that the uh, uh, they put uh, Star Citizen Alpha two point three onto the PTU, and so those of us uh, who are lucky enough to be included in that uh, were able to 
uh, go through a, a couple of, uh, of uh, machinations uh, to load a Starfarer into the Revel and York hangar for ourselves. Yeah, there's, then, there's definitely some hoops you have to jump through to do it, but it's not that hard. No, 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 no. Basically, all you have to do is just uh, log into the PTU website um, and then go to your hangar, um, select the uh, Revel and York hangar, um, assuming you have access to it, which I'm, I don't know if folks that don't have a don't otherwise have access to it would well yeah when well with the ptu when they ask you to copy over your account you get a separate email that has a password that logs you into a ptu specific uh website it looks just like the regular site but it's for ptu um and you're able to uh manipulate your hanger specifically for the ptu and um, and yeah, and, and as Gleep had mentioned, you just you basically take all the ships out of your hangar, you switch to the Revel in York, you leave that hangar empty, and then when you go into the PTU, voila, you've got a beautiful gigantic starfarer to wander about in. Yes, uh, the only thing I was wondering is like you know, so suppose for somebody that only owns an Aurora, so they're only entitled to use the Selfland hangar. Would they have access to it? Uh, that's a good question. That's a really good question. Um, I, you have to you have to think that the for PTU testing that they probably unlocked the Revel in York hangar for people that um, that only have you know one ship or a ship that's not related. I don't think any of my ships come with a Revel in York hangar. Now that I think about it, although I could be yeah. wrong. Well, the the but if you um, if you have any ships that get the asteroid hangar, you get everything below that oh interesting okay well there you go um no that's a really good question i i which i of which i don't have an answer for yeah um well so uh if you don't if you can't get access to it or if you don't have access to the ptu or if you just don't want to be bothered uh go to uh the youtubes the star citizen channel and uh around the verse ship shape this week the starfarer uh, disco lando does a a tour with designers John Crew and a uh, really nice, friendly French guy whose name I'm not even going to try to pronounce. And Disco can't pronounce it either, so I don't feel too bad. There's also um, um, there's also a bunch of YouTube walkthroughs. But let me ask you, Gleep, let me know if you agree with me on this. The, the walkthroughs, are, walkthroughs are all great, especially if you don't have PTU access and you really want to see it. But there's, uh-huh. there's nothing like walking through that ship by your, on your own, like you uh, walking through that ship. There's nothing like that. It is, it's, it's like a TARDIS. Yeah. I mean, it is so huge on the outside. And if you watch the, the Disco Lando, the ATV um, uh, ship shape video, he does this thing where he walks up to one of the landing gears and puts his uh, character into third person. That really gives you a perspective on how huge it is on the outside. What's so amazing to me is it's so much huger on the inside. Um, once you go inside and start walking, I mean, I, I got lost for half an hour. I mean, it was Winchester Mystery House. I mean, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm not going to lie. I, I may have gotten lost as well. Yeah, it's, um, it's, um, well, you know, and, but, you know, and speaking of controversy, well, not really controversy, but, um, last night, um, I was out, uh, playing, uh, with the guys and, uh, Amontillado and I were, uh, were discussing it. Uh, he, um, this is his uh, his ship. He doesn't actually own one, but this is uh, the ship that he has uh, sort of pledged that he's going to work towards once the game launches. This is his, okay. Um, he was describing it as his uh, as his Firefly. Okay, um, I can buy. Uh, I can I can buy into that. Was it or was it Serenity? Which one, which one's the ship? The ship is Serenity. <laughs> okay, yeah. So that's his Serenity. Um, it's a and, it's a Firefly class ship. So you're kind of right both ways. 
okay. Um, and he had a, a, you know, so he was very, very excited to um, to see the ship. And he, uh, in, generally, he likes it a lot. But there were a couple of things that he found in it, which uh, once he pointed them out to me, I thought, huh, wow, that is kind of interesting. Now, I don't know if you remember seeing the captain's quarters. Mm-hmm. I did. Okay. The, with the with the really cool um, fleece uh, blanket with the spaceships and the planets all over it? The adorable childlike blanket, yes. I need that. Yeah, you can you can have my towel. I want that blanket. Okay. Um, if you notice, the captain's quarters is right off of the main mess. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Why? Why would you have the captain's quarters off of the mess? The captain walks out of his front door, and there's like guys throwing tater tots at each other. Well, I, th- I would I would think then you know you then the captain would have two entrances. Well, he doesn't. There's right. Just the one. Yeah. There's, there's just the one. And then the other thing is that inside uh, the, of the captain's quarters, there are um, there's a bathroom and then there's like a um, um, sort of a meeting room or a, a, a command type room. Yeah, and, an office. Uh, it, yeah, an office type thing. And there, uh, there are no doors between these things. So basically, you know, the, you're having a high level officer meeting. And there's like some, you know, some junior officer dropping a deuce back in the latrine. I mean, you know, checking out your checking out your five year old uh, binky blanket. <laughs> I love that blanket. I need that blanket. <laughs> oh, it's your binky. Um, so I mean, and uh, so we were we were walking through there together and, and discussing it, and uh, you know, just to say this is easily fixable, except for the part about where it is. I mean, I think it should be closer to the bridge. You know, kind of like in uh, you know Star Trek, you want you know Picard's quarters are right off the bridge. Right. I mean that. That makes sense to well, me. Well, his his um, his ready room is off the bridge. His quarters are down below in the ship. Is it okay? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's just um, that's just his ready room. So anyway, I mean, just uh, and this is it's not like they're you know they don't have the uh, the ability to change these things. I mean, we know that they're going to. Uh, so if. If we had to construct, if Amontillado and I had to construct a short list, we would say move the captain's quarters, and then also um, uh, if you go to the engine room uh, near the engine room and the grav generator, there are there's a um, an airlock room where you get into your um, uh, EVA suits and then go down. There's an elevator on either side. Uh, that puts you down onto the catwalk that is um, that runs out to the back of the ship. Where I'm guessing uh-huh. you're, you're going to uh, be uh, refueling uh, right. ships or right, you know, right. doing cool EVA stuff. Anyway, there the way that those are set up. Um, every time somebody goes down the elevator, there's no airlock that will it'll it'll basically vent all of the interior atmosphere for that part of the ship every time somebody goes down the elevator. So well, isn't if I remember correctly, and I could be wrong, but isn't that whole section of the ship kind of open like aren't there um aren't there airlocks that separate the uh living areas and the work areas well the, this this work area so basically how how this is working is is um and you know imagine it in the theater of your own mind mm. uh, if you go in there into you go into the room where the EVA suits are you go in there and you put on your EVA suit um, then you exit out uh, one of the elevators that takes you down to the catwalk. Um, uh, at that point, you lose all of the atmosphere inside the EVA suit room. Mm. Uh, now, there are, there are airlocks. You could make it work, but it's not very efficient because you have three rooms or three EVA suit stations, 
but you can only essentially use one of them at a time without, you know, um, uh, sucking your friends out into space. Right, right, right. Yeah, okay. No, I, you know, I, I, first pass, I, I can, alpha, I can get that. first pass, you know, I mean, it's not, I mean, that's, we're back. To, we're back to hair splitting here. So um. yeah, and and the ship is a little glitchy, and you know it it sits uh, you know about a meter off the ground um, in the hangar. I don't know if you know which is that amazing or not. for a ship that big. Yeah, really. How do you, all how that you make weight, that float? It just, yeah, it just floats. Um, <laughs> you know, so I, I, having having walked through the ship, um, you know, I really I really like what they've done in general. It's got a, it's got a big cargo bay. Um, it's laid out really, really nice. Um, not really for me, um, but what did you think? Because you had one for a while. I've, I've had them a couple times. Uh, yeah, um, that's true. Yeah, it's much, um, much sadder that I don't have this ship anymore uh, than. Um, uh, oh well, we haven't got to that point. Then uh, the uh, Cartuel Scout, um, which is also a part of uh, PTU two point three or two point three. Right. PTU. Yeah. Um, but you know that said, I mean, I you know I I, I took a step back. I went uh, out and watched Greyheaded Gamers uh, size comparison between this ship and the Starliner, which I still have, and then also the Endeavor, which I have. And so you know, I I, I can't be uh, a member of the big uh, ship kid club uh, right now, but eventually I will. So um, I'm going to be okay, man. I'm going to be all right. <laughs> Just hang in there, buddy. Just hang in there. But it's a very, very cool ship. Very, very cool. And, you know, I guess it's going to be a part of Squadron 42. Maybe that's why we're seeing it. But, God, how cool would it be if that uh, became flyable, you know, in the next, uh, you know, few iterations of uh, of release? But, yeah, You totally. know, I mean, the uh, the Retaliator was hangar-ready for a long time before it actually became flyable. So, mm-hmm. you know, well, it could be... The hangar, the the um, the retaliator and the constellation both became flight ready around the same time. It was when they mm-hmm. when they whatever big breakthrough or whatever development milestone they hit to allow for multi crew ships to to actually be flyable. Right. So um, and you know and again just just really briefly just touching back on the concept sale, I can almost guarantee until you know a few months before release, concept sales that we're going to see are ships that are directly involved with. Squadron Forty Two, because those are sh- those are the ships that are all getting prioritized. Those are the ships that are getting finished. So I right. think that those are the ships that we're going to see hangar ready. Those are the ships that we're going to see flight ready. Those are the ships that we're going to see um, in concept sale. Yep, just yep. makes yep. sense. Did you have a chance to fly the uh, car the Cartual? I did. I did. Um, that was actually the first uh, thing that I did was go out and fly one of those. Um, interesting, uh, interesting ship. Um, I've heard um, a couple of the guys were saying last night. Uh, it flies too much like a, a hornet, and, and I have to agree. It is not nearly as maneuverable as I think it should be, I, especially given given uh, you know kind of the, the write up on it and the uh, the lore behind it. Right. That that it is a you know a real nimble turns on a dime sort of thing, and um, it it has um, I think it's a little underpowered. Um, it's got two size three guns, but they didn't they for some reason they didn't feel size three. Um, it was, but I mean it's it's an interesting ship to fly. I mean it's really really fun to get in and out of it and because you we've seen the pictures of it in hangar because right. it's already been in hangar it's all sort of crumpled up and and wacky looking uh you get into the thing you know and i encourage you uh when you get the chance go out to uh, um to uh, uh, crusader and um uh or Olisar and and watch somebody take off in one uh, from the outside it's yeah it's um, beautiful to watch it take off it really is yeah 
Yeah. I um I got it off the landing pad and crashed. Server Attaboy. server crash. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got it off the landing pad. I was really excited, and I, I think I I really like the controls, the two spheres. I thought that was really neat. Um, I got it off the landing pad. I, I started pulling away from Port Alisar, and then things just went squirrely, and it just escalated quickly from there to you know no more server access. <laughs> oh well. Yeah. What are you gonna do? Yeah. And I just I didn't have a chance to get back in. Uh, that was kind of the last thing I did because I spent so much time wandering around the Starfarer, and then um, I went over and uh, was uh, checking out the Hollow Table, and you know I was doing a bunch of other stuff. And then I was like, well, let me go ahead and jump into Crusader and, and give uh, give the Carthual a try. And, and yeah, just didn't well, work out so well for me. You know, it's it's interesting with this PTU, Jimmy, that it's been out uh, three days, three and a half days now, and there hasn't been a single patch to it yet. Yeah, no, that is interesting. So I'm wondering if it isn't like proving to be fairly stable, such that we might not see release to live. Uh, yeah, we, we, later. we might see uh, we might see release to live with with all of the hot fixes and the patches at that point. It's very possible. Yeah, I mean, and that would be during the month of March, which uh, yeah, would be, right uh, on schedule. Yeah. On schedule. Schedule. All right. Well, um, also uh, in the official contents this week, uh, definitely uh, go check out Behind the Scenes with Andy Serkis, uh, talking about his uh, performance in Squadron 42. It's a short video. It's very much well worth watching. Uh, Andy and a gentleman named Patrice Mayambana. I think I got that right. Uh, They were doing their performance capture uh, which we will uh, enjoy uh, watching a couple of Vanduul leaders aboard a Vanduul kingship in uh, the Squadron 42. So um, uh, it's, uh, it's uh, kind of cool to see them acting out scenes and then see it be rendered on the computers there. Um, so, And one of the things I thought was kind of interesting is that I guess the natural environment for the Vanduul is going to be a fairly low-G environment. So they were showing how they were using... Um, pulleys and ropes and such uh, to kind of capture the effect of a low gravity environment for Andy and Patrice's performance. Um, It's very, very cool stuff. And I I think just more evidence that Snoke is in fact Plagueis. (laughs) Yes, clearly. So so take that, Ace. (laughs) All right. Um, Subscriber flare, Jimmy. Mark subscriber flare. It's a space plant. I like the space plants. Do you? I, I do. I think um, I think they're size appropriate. I think that they they look really nice. I think it's really nice flair. Uh, I am hoping that you'll be able to take them off of the table and put them on like your ship or or put them, you know, in different places in, in your hangar or eventually like your your apartment or home or you know whatever whatever they do living quarters wise. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think they're cool. I like them. I, I have you know I, I like that they're you know in their hermetically sealed. Um, containers so that they uh, are able to live in their natural environment, despite you know whatever location that you put them in. Um, but I like it. I think it's I think it's a good. Um, I, I think it's cool. And, and I see um, if you're able to take them off of that stand, I, I see a, a lot of use for it as flair. And when I say use, I mean decorative use. You know, mm-hmm. um, whereas with the Puglisi collection. I, I don't. There's not really a whole. There's not really a whole lot of places you can put those because they're so big. Um, yeah. But with this, with this being, with these being smaller, you, you've got the ability to place them on your ship or place them, you know, like in in your bedroom or or you know uh, on on a desk. And and I think that's really cool. I think that that's 
kind of the where like for me the flare items need to serve a decorative purpose um mm-hmm. you know the bar is great in that it, it's not just decoration but it is also interactive so the bar is fantastic mm-hmm. um you know but when you're when you're looking at just general flare items you want to be able to put them wherever and um like i said as long as you could take them off of that stand um, you know that's gonna. Be, I think it's gonna be great. I think you're gonna have a lot of uses for for them, uh, decoratively speaking. So you're saying you need uh, grabby hands with a green thumb? Yes. <laughs> Good. Well, uh, we got the Tesseract Plena. It's also known as the Terran Terran Emperor Blossom. Um, so that's the one that we got for being subscribers in the month of March. Um, but they also, as part of um, the 49, or they've delivered on the $49 million stretch goal, in which we received a Jean space plant. Um, so uh, I've got both of those in my hangar. Uh, you, you got them both, Jimmy? I got them both. Yeah, so I think it's, it's, it's pretty cool. I did hear them um, on one of the shows, and I can't remember which one it was, talking about that these plants are going to have animations associated with them. So um, Very cool. Uh, yeah, looking forward to that. Maybe it's like some Venus flytrap action or something. Well, and, and hopefully, you know, hopefully there there will eventually be a mechanic where you have to, you know, do a little bit of maintenance with them or they die. Because, I mean, think of think of how cool it would be as, just as far as speaking to a character, you know, if you just, like, let the plant die and leave it on your ship. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's really, like, subtle and really small, but it, it speaks to your character. You know that yeah, you just, they can't take care of things. You know, <laughs> what do they what do they call those things? A kamagachi? Is that what those were called? Remember the the virtual pets from the nineties? Did you ever have one of those? What is it? Doma, Domodachi? I thought it was something like that. Something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I had one of those. Mine, mine died like on the first day. Mine died. Mine died. All right. Well, Actually, um, how weird would it be if I was like, no, mine's still alive. I've been taking care of it for the last like you know. 19 years it's great get help, get help <laughs> yeah now. totally get a little, a little eight, it was like a eight they, p, they said eight on bit, their like, podcast about a video game it was like a little um, like 8-bit standalone thing wasn't it yeah well it yeah, went yeah. on your keychain yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, it, and it made noise when it got hungry you know and, oh. I, and i was a grown-up by that point with like a grown-up job you know mm-hmm. and this thing would would go off in meetings so it um i <laughs> i smothered it day one <laughs> you killed it I killed it. Um, but speaking of um, Star Citizen Alpha, um, on the live servers, we've gone from on the, the 9th, we got to 2.2.1. So that was the first patch. I guess uh, last time we recorded, we didn't actually have a, um, a patch yet because I guess we recorded on the 7th. Um, so we, we got that patch on the 9th, which included key fixes to the 300 series ships and a number of server um, uh, patch to or fixes to in, repair a number of server and client crash issues. Um, on the 11th, we got 2.2.2, uh, more bug fixes, and this is when they gave us free fly access to all accounts for all flyable ships. Now... This awesomeness concluded last night on the 20th. Um, so, Jimmy, uh, did you avail yourself of any of the ships that you had not flown before? Um, I've pretty much flown them all, like, every time we've had, um, you know, a free fly weekend. Uh, so there wasn't really anything that I was really itching to try. Um, mm-hmm. there, if I have some time, I, I wouldn't mind. Um, oh, wait, it concluded, it concluded, didn't it? Yeah, never mind. Yes, it did last night. I, yeah. I ran out of time then. Um, had I had a little bit more time to play um, this past weekend, there there were a couple of ships I wouldn't have mind. Uh, I wouldn't mind taking out again, like the M50. 
Mm-hmm. Um, that might have been a cool one to take out and just kind of play with the maneuverability. Um, but but generally speaking, I've pretty much flown everything, and I've kind of uh, I've kind of settled into the the flying style I like. And I got to tell you, um, I love the saber. Hmm. Good. Yeah, good, I've, good. I, I've gotten into a couple of a uh, couple of fights in a verse, and um, I, I'm able to stay you know ahead uh, further enough ahead to avoid taking damage and just lay into people with all four guns and because uh, when you gimbal all four of them even though you drop down to size two it, it goes down to just uh, one targeting pip that's nice yes which is awesome simplicity yes I like that much much easier to hit your target I'm all for easy ways to hit my target yeah yeah yeah, it's, I'm, I'm kind of, uh, of the ships that I have that are flyable, um, the most functional one is uh, the one Space Santa brought me, the Avenger. I love um, my Avenger, dude. I take that out all the time. That's, um, yeah. it's, it's funny, but like, you know, I'm really happy with the Avenger, I'm really happy with the Saber, and I'm really happy with the Freelancer. Yeah. You know? I, I, what were you going to say? Oh, I'm sorry. Hello? Hey, you still there? <laughs> I fell <laughs> off an exercise ball. Hello there. Um, no, I was going to say that uh, uh, I kind of wish that the uh, Retaliator was a more effective ship when flown solo. You can't you can't really do anything with it. Yeah, I mean, um, I could say the same thing about the Constellation, but like at the end of the day, I kind of get it. Like that, that's kind of the point. You know what I mean? Is, is oh, that yeah, those ships absolutely. are those ships are really not meant to be flown alone. Um, I haven't flown my Connie a lot because of that, but now that we're able to kind of queue up as a group, um, I, I see using the Connie more and more and really kind of uh, taking a deeper dive into that ship. I'm happy with that ship. I like that ship, but, it, you know, again, it's, it's a ship that you have to have a crew with. So I haven't really been able to fly it as much as I would like. Yeah, it's um, when we go out on Sunday nights, that's, that's all we use. Yeah, yeah, totally. Know? It's and you know and it's it's interesting because the retaliators uh, not so much um, actually I don't know I don't know that I've actually ever been in a retaliator other than when I've flown mine solo um, it, the constellation seems to be the um, the ship of choice now why is that I mean I I don't have a retaliator and I actually haven't had a chance to fly in one yet but uh, is there any particular reason why you know that I don't know one the one frustration I have with the ship is I can never get a land or a um, a pad to um, spawn one on. Huh. Okay. For, for whatever reason, it always comes up and says, "I'm sorry, there are you know no pads available." Um, Interesting. So, yeah, and it's and you know kind of right now the the idea is just getting out there and playing with other folks. So is basically if somebody's got a a ship out there, uh, a Connie out there, you know, go, hey, what pad are you on? You go run out there and you jump on. Um, otherwise, you know, where are you guys at? Jump in my Avenger, go out and meet people there. Right, right, right. So, yeah. All right. So anyway, um, and then uh, on the uh, the 17th, uh, last week, we got um, 2.2.3, which uh, fixed some loading screen purgatory issues for folks and then also more nasty client and server crashes. So that's where we are currently on the live or 2.3, uh, first iteration thereof on uh, the PTU. So hoping those two will converge soon. Now, persistence. Persistence is three point zero. Is that what what the goal is? Oh, I don't know. I have I have not heard. Uh, a, yeah, a they haven't. They haven't minute. talked about it. I, I they had talked about it in the past, but I, and I thought it was a two point something goal. Um, but I'm starting to wonder if it's going to be more of a three point something. Uh, just I'm I'm really looking forward to persistence in the game. And I'm I'm wondering when we're going to start to see that. 
Yeah, um, uh, hopefully soon. Um, and I guess probably the first iteration of persistence will be shopping, which I know yeah, that they've, no, been, totally, they've been totally. working on. So, well, that um, and that and your weapons, which I, the weapons are kind of sticking now as it is, but it's like hit or miss. Like you know, some patches. Um, you you get persistence with your weapons. Some patches you don't. Um, most recently, we're, we're seeing persistence across, you know, um, modding your weapons in your hangar and then going into Crusader, which was a huge uh, huge update in my opinion, uh, which really gave uh, value to your the ships. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. it, we all like to mod our ships. We all like to tweak our ships. I like to fly gimbaled. Um, and you know, for example, the the Avenger was seriously gimped for me by not being able to gimbal the uh, the wing, uh, the wing guns, the wing mounts. So mm-hmm. um, that was a huge uh, plus. And so I, I'm wondering if that is kind of the 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 early version of or the beginnings of the persistence that we're going to see with yeah with shopping. Yeah, it's well, I. I... You know, I, I think that probably if you ask most people, the persistence that they would like first would be a um, a totally reliable hollow table. Yeah, um, I would really like them to get the hollow table uh, dialed in. Yeah, but you know what? Shortly thereafter, uh, um, would like to have uh, the shopping available and be able to um, uh, give us, you know, even if they do it on a one shot basis, allow us to melt some of the stuff that we've uh, we've got for UEC and then try out um, um, new things. You know, mm-hmm. absolutely. As far as far as weapons and shields and, and whatnot. So we'll get there. Sp- Yep, we will. And um, speaking of the whatnots, um, in uh, around the verse uh, last week, uh, they uh, reported that they had delivered on uh, that uh, version two point two had delivered upon uh, two stretch goals. That would be the J Span Cryostar Cooler, uh, which we got back at fifty six million, and then uh, of course the Xion um, Space Plant. Um, have you messed with the uh, the coolers at all? No, I've, I've, I've had no success. Uh, um, well, actually, you know, I take that back. Um, I, I went in, and it turned out that the cooler that I already had on my ship, because I think I was trying to swap it out on my Cutlass, I already had the same cooler in, in the ship. So, Well, I think right now, didn't they say that the uh, that the coolers were pretty much the same across the board um, for this first iteration? I could have swore I saw that somewhere where they were saying that um, a cooler is a cooler is a cooler is a cooler right now, uh, just so that they could get that particular... Um, ship modification in the game, um, but they haven't. Yeah. They haven't really um, added the characteristic, the individual characteristics of each cooler yet. Ah, uh, that that could very well be. Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, it's, I think we've mentioned, or I've I've said before that you know at this stage of the game, I'm I just what little time I have to play, I am not going to spend trying to figure out how to make you know one cooler work better than another yeah cooler. no no i i agree um in, in my opinion right now especially with with the, the limited gameplay that you know that both of us are, you know have as as grown-ups um is uh that uh it's you know the the micro um micro customizing is going to have to wait yeah for, yeah, for absolutely for when the game is further along and i take days off from work to play yes and you it, <laughs> And for that to happen, you have to have the persistence. And yeah, it has yeah. To be, yeah. It's and gotta it has be, to be. It has to be worth the time. You know what I mean? And it's like, um, you know, and as the game is developing, you know, I, I, I find myself trying to make more and more time to be 
in game, which is a good thing. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. It's like, you know, when you have a limited amount of time, you don't really want to get so sucked into the minutia that, you know, two hours goes by and it's like, oh, I I'm, can't play now. I'm done. Yeah, exactly. You just don't have the luxury of, of uh, spending your, your precious playtime that way. Right. Not yet, no. anyway. Not yet. All right. Um, then also in uh, version 2.2.2 of Around the Verse, uh, there was um, in the Wonderful World of Star Citizen segment, a Disco interviewed YouTube uh, Star Citizen channel guy, uh, streamer guy, uh, board gamer, and um, if, have you had a chance uh, to watch any of his how-to videos? I have, yes. Um, board gamer uh, does a wonderful job. He is. He is yet. I mean, we talked about DJ Knight last week, I think, or last time. Um, he uh, he, along with board gamer, both uh, um, excellent ambassadors for the game. So uh, definitely, um, I've I've got their channels subscribed to on my YouTube's. You should too. Um, and then, uh, here you go, Jimmy. Uh, we've had a new uh, segment the last two weeks uh, in 2.2.2 and 2.2.3, which came out this last uh, uh, Thursday. Um, and that is, uh, for those lovers of the lore, uh, they have the Lore Maker's Guide to the Galaxy. Um, now, the first week it featured a CIG archivist Sherry Heiberg. Um, and I liked her a lot because she, um, uh, she, when she was using, she used the uh, the arc map to uh, to uh, describe uh, what was uh, going on or to sort of uh, illuminate uh, the discussion she had. And she made she made uh, ship noises as she went through wormholes. <laughs> nice, which I thought was very very cool. Um, and um, and I was and, I, and when I was watching, I was thinking of you. I said, you know, Jimmy, you being uh, being a, a lore master yourself, I was thinking that might be the kind of job that you would really enjoy in a perfect world. Oh yeah, no, that would be fantastic. Are you kidding me? I would love that. I just don't think they can afford me. <laughs> That's right. I don't think, they, they don't pay people. There, I don't no, think. no, they don't. You know, um, kidding. Yeah. kidding. Well, they they, yeah. they don't. You know, it's it's it. You know, it it's. You know, they, they pay people what they can afford to pay them, and I just don't think they could afford me, that's all. Um, but, yeah, no, I, um, I I have actually not had a chance to see this yet. Um, I heard about it, and I've been dying to get in and, and check out this particular um, this particular part of the show. Um, but, mm -hmm. yeah, I just, I, I've not had a chance to check it out yet. Well, definitely um, uh, do that, um, and, uh, you know, because I think uh, in that uh, last week and then also this week, uh, there was um, uh, Adam Weiser uh, was uh, the person uh, sitting and uh, discussing uh, stuff uh, in the Vega system this time. Uh, Sherry was discussing uh, the Horus system, sort of the origins thereof, and, and um, how it got to where it is in the current in the current time of the lore. Um, but they use the arc map um, to, as I mentioned earlier, they use the arc map to um, elaborate on on the story. And um, I th I just hey. you know, I don't. I don't go they, in there and... They stole huh? my idea. That's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> no, totally. That's when, um, when I do Quantum Drive. That's exactly what I do. Um, there, there are a lot of... Um, there's a lot of Star Citizen stories. Mm -hmm. um, so I've, I've read through a number of them. Not all of them, but I've read through a number of them. Um, and then I also go to the arc map. And so when I'm writing Quantum Drive, um, I will base the stories sometimes on locations on the map. And then other times on, uh, I'll pull from some of the stories. 
um, mm-hmm. you know, because those, you know, the official CIG stories I consider canon. Uh, and then obviously the, the arc map is also canon. So between the two, I'm, I'm able to craft my stories and still, you know, remain true to the, the, the legitimate, the legit Star Citizen canon. Um, so it's funny that you're mentioning that, that that's kind of how they're doing this. Cause I've read about Horace. Um, I, I've, I'm very familiar with Vega. Um, and that's because A, the, um, the galactic guides that they've been posting mm-hmm. since they started developing the game. Um, I go through and read those, um, and then um, what is it? Uh, Tradens, uh, Traden. Um, oh, I gotta, I gotta remember the guy's name. I'll remember in a second. Uh, the guy that does the VO for that stuff. Um, uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, he, I'll listen to that stuff, uh, and then yeah, and then I'll go through the star map. And so it's funny that they're kind of using the star map to. Uh, go through uh, you know some of the lore in the game because that's that literally is exactly what I do when I'm when I'm writing Quantum Drive. You know it's it, it's it's cool because um, uh, well it is it's kind of refreshing for me because I don't I don't mess with the the arc map on the website. I mean not because I don't think it's cool but just because I for whatever reason I never get there. I'm always got I'm always doing something else. Uh, but um, it really seeing them uh, discuss uh, uh, these little segments of the lore um, and uh, illustrating that with the arc map just really brings back the enormity of the universe we're going to have to yeah. play in. And it's uh, it's Trendane is the guy that does um, yes, a lot yes, of the yes. VO stuff. Um, I actually have his original post bookmarked in the CIG forums, and you know he does uh, VO or narrative for you know the Ellis system. Uh, Tara, Killian, uh, Herson Dynamics, uh, Klaus and Wiener, or Werner, not Wiener, <laughs> Klaus, Klaus and Werner, um, the Goss system, uh, you know, a whole host Hungry. of, mm. yeah, all right, a mm. uh, whole host of uh, Galactic Guide uh, stuff, and so, you know, it's, he's he's really good, he does a really good job, I, um, I, uh, I take inspiration from the way that he does VO for when I try and do when I do quantum drive because I'm just an amateur at that type of stuff. Um, but I look to him and a couple of other people uh, that do VO professionally that do just such a phenomenal job. So if anybody's interested in an easy way to get uh, get some of the lore in, uh, definitely go check out um, uh, Trendane's uh, posts. As a matter of fact, I'll link it in the show notes too, so anybody that's interested can go check it out. Cool. All right. Well, so yeah, definitely um, go check out those segments um, on uh, last week's and this week's around the verse. Um, it's uh, it's lore alicious. See what I did there? Uh, I see what you did there. Uh, yeah. Um, and we've had a couple of weeks of the man himself. Uh, ten for the chairman episodes seventy eight and seventy nine. I believe he's back in the UK now because we got a ten for the developers uh, this afternoon. Um, but uh, from I thought there were uh, some good questions in each of these last two episodes. Um, this is like my favorite word, my favorite name ever, Mediocrities. That's a great name. Isn't that a great name? I'm so sick I didn't think of that. Um, he, um, he asked in uh, episode 78, will there be realistic, uh, a realistic audio option? You know, for example, no sound in the vacuum of space so that you just kind of hear, you know, stuff hitting off of your ship as muffled sounds that are traveling through uh, the ship's superstructure. And like, you know, or lasers are soundless like that. And what Chris said, no, that's not going to happen in the short term. Um, and that the uh, basically the, the rule of cool has overridden reality. 
uh, because we want the Star Wars. We don't want uh, we don't want 2001. We want Star Wars. Yeah, I heard. Uh, um, I, I had heard um, some scuttle about that, where, where some people were, were not really thrilled about that, and it's like, I mean, I get it, but you know, I, yeah, it's it's the balance between you know fun and reality. Yeah, but Chris, but Chris was intrigued by the idea. I was obviously intrigued by the idea, and said, you know, maybe someday. And I was thinking, you know. Would you have to have a, a server set up where you there was just no um, where that would be like a, a rule that was so that everybody had the same audio or would that that would seem like the folks that were hearing the pew pew would have an uh, an unfair advantage over folks that were essentially you know deaf. Yeah, no, I mean that's a good point. You know, it's it's. Uh, sorry, I was typing uh, the the header for uh, for that link for everyone to go check out. Um, yeah, no, it's a good point. Um, it, you, there there are certain auto, audio and visual cues, like for example, someone else I had uh, read somewhere um, that that someone had been talking about the fact that you know that there's smoke um, and fire, you know, coming mm-hmm. off the ships when they get hit. Um, but it's a good point that you know that is in a way an audio cue or a visual cue that you're doing damage to the ship. Are there right. other more creative ways to do that? Yes, but it, it, are they ways that you know people can commonly associate with? Not necessarily. So, right, right. So I mean, it's it's just we need the we need the fun. We need the funds. Damn it. Yeah, totally. Um, and then in the same episode, uh, somebody asked about owning NPC-controlled fleets. Um, he said, will we be able to control as many NPCs oh, yeah. as, yeah, yeah, as no. the technology allows? I, yeah, I know people were like, <laughs> Well, you know, and what Chris said is that, that we're definitely going to be allowed to hire some NPCs to help us crew bigger ships and, and uh, perhaps fly as an escort when you're running missions uh, or even perhaps to, uh, to fly a transport for you. But they're going to cap it at some number. They just haven't decided what that number is going to be yet. Yeah, totally. And um, uh, so, which I think is an interesting, you know, that balance, you know, that that number is going to be interesting in what it is and then also in how they arrive at it. Because, um, you know, people complain about this game being, um, you know, I think wrongly uh, complain about this game being play to win because you can go out and spend $250 on a, on a Vanduul blade. Um, I don't think that that's play to win, but I think that if you were able to hire um, uh, 150 NPCs to um, basically be an army for you, um, that that is to to in a in a manner of speaking uh, uh, pay to win because you're you're hiring them using UEC which um, we know is going to be available in the game with you know with ca- cash money purchases um, and then at that point so if you basically just hire an entire star system to to watch your back while you go uh, you know pillaging uh, you know poor unsuspecting. Uh, civilizations, uh, th- that that breaks my immersion, Jimmy. Yeah, no, no, I can dig it. Uh, you know, um, there there has to be a balance between the two. Um, you, you know, the the the, the larger ships uh, need to have some players with them. You know, I, I mean, I, I have no idea how they're going to do it, honestly, and how they're going to how they're going to balance it to where it's fair for everybody. Because, um, you know, on the one hand, I get it. You know, you got this giant ship, you know, and you're dependent on all of your friends logging in at the same time to play. That's going to be a challenge. In the same respect, you, you can't just hire NPCs to cover every single aspect of your ship. You know, maybe right. maybe it'll be something like 
like for example, if maybe it'll be on a ship by ship basis. So for example, if it's a two person ship, not an issue. You can hire an NPC. That's not a problem. If it's a five person ship, maybe you know being four additional players beyond yourself maybe it's half maybe you can hire two npcs you know Mm -hmm. and then you can run the ship by yourself but you're not running it as efficiently as you could if you had a full crew of four maybe Mm -hmm. they can do something like that you know whereas what's the largest ship cap like uh Uh, i don't like the javelins got what like 20 something i I don't know right so let's just say 20 so if it's if it's 20 people to run the, the ship then maybe you're able to hire eight NPCs, like ha- you know, roughly half of you know, because mm-hmm. you, you count yourself as one. So you know, roughly half the the number you can hire as NPCs, and then that gives you the ability to be able to run the ship on like like say you know, quote unquote a skeleton crew, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and by yourself. Um, but ideally, you want to be able to max out and and run that ship with you know half NPC and half players or all players if if the opportunity presents itself and really um, be able to take advantage of the ship in its entirety without kind of um, making it a a, a pay to play or pay to win type of scenario. Yeah, well, I mean, but then uh, sort of what something that kind of uh, is contrary to that plan is. Uh, the notion of uh, say you're running a, a whole E and you want to hire um, a couple of uh, fighters to run escort for you, yeah, then you're it could be the same type of thing though because uh, well the um, they're not in your ship though right they're not in your ship but what's the max crew complement for something like that for oh, a hull E uh, I don't know let's take a look we'll take a quick look over the ships let let's just say for the sake of argument it's five because five is mm-hmm. kind of a magic number for those types of ships um, mm-hmm. you'd still be able to hire two escorts. Is that going to be enough? I don't know. Well, I mean, if you're going through pirate space, no. But you shouldn't, be, you shouldn't be taking a hull E through pirate space anyway. Well, I, I, Get your I, friends. I'm not, I'm not saying I will. Hire your friends. Hire your friends. Um, all right. Well, uh, uh, then in this week's episode, of, or the most recent episode, episode number 79, for those of you scoring at home, uh, he had a couple of uh, quick questions here. Um, someone asked if we are still going to get Pirate Swarm mode in Arena Commander, and he said, yeah, we are. Uh, that's um, It's down the road, but it will happen eventually. And uh, what that uh, prompted me to remember... Um, that there uh, had been some discussion before that Pirate Swarm mode would be configurable and designable, that you could create scenarios to some extent or something like that. Um, and anyway, so we're sort of hoping that uh, uh, this will eventually work as a tool which uh, Ace, our squadron commander, can use to develop customized scenarios for us to practice in in Arena Commander. I know we talked about uh, you know getting to the point in Arena Commander where we could start having, you know, Practices, you know. So, uh, uh, honestly, you know. I, I don't see something like that happening. Um, if if it does, it will be a long way down the road before we see something like that. In my opinion, yeah. Well, I, I'm I'm hopeful that it'll be sooner than before I die. Um, <laughs> well, in that case, you got a pretty good shot, I think. <laughs> And then also, um, somebody uh, asked if it's going to be possible for us to augment our bodies with replacement limbs to allow for enhanced capabilities. And uh, Chris said, yep, they've discussed doing this. Again, it's, it's a longer-term uh, project idea, but uh, they have been and will continue con- to consider putting this into the game eventually. And it's like, I, dude, I'm going to be a medical droid. I'm going to have my, my Endeavor and my Cutlass Red, and I'm going to have, you know, I'm going to have hyperdermic fingers and a thermometer nose. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> thermometer nose. Nice. 
Yeah, just 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 think about that. Well, they reference um, they reference uh, cyborg modifications in the Galactic Guide uh, when they talk about Earth. As a matter of fact, uh, they Shanghai is like the the best place you know to get um, illegal uh, cyborg modifications on Earth. So there is there is precedent there. They do reference it um, in the lore. So yeah, it makes sense that we might eventually see something like that. And they've talked about you know when you when you die you know three or four times, but you know whatever the the number is going to be before you hit permadeath, as you start to get kind of on the back end of that, you you may end up getting a prosthetic limb or two. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It's it's coming. Yeah. It's coming. All right, and then uh, to round things out this week, uh, reverse the verse on the 11th and the 18th. Uh, on the 11th, uh, they let us know that concierge flair is coming soon. Jimmy, got any hopes and or dreams oh. for what you're going to get? Um, things, things with decorative purpose. How about a soft serve ice cream machine? Yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> as long as I, I can want mine with a serve soft serve. Shuff serve. I want a fully stocked sprinkles bar with mine. That would be delightful. Um, I, you know, I'd like to see things like um, I'd like to see um, uh, additional furniture, chairs, beds, um, couches, um, mm-hmm. things that you can use to decorate uh, your hangar, especially the the um, the command section of the hangar. Um, beyond that, I'd like to see them open up some of the other bay doors that are closed off that that open up into more of a, a living quarters type environment like you know living room bedroom type thing um Mm -hmm. you know and i'd like to see uh the ability to have to be able to place flare um you know and and we'll see all of that you know but that's something that i would like to see so that like you know okay here's a concierge flare is this really nice couch and eventually you'll be able to place that couch wherever you want you know um and, and things like that 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 allow that you're able to place on your ship place in your hangar, place in hopefully a living environment down the road. Functional, you know, and I say functional, not not in the literal sense, more in the in the design sense. Um, functional flare would be cool. Functional flare. Um, yes, agree. All those things you say. Um, in uh, the most recent episode, uh, last Friday, they said we should be expecting Nick soon, TM. So that's kind of exciting. That is kind of exciting. Uh, we will find out soon how much a ship will actually cost in terms of in-game pricing. Oh, interesting. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Heads uh, are going to explode because it's not going to yeah. be cheap. Well, the interwebs are going to go splody splode I, it you know, Stuff's either going to be too cheap, it's going to be too expensive. I paid all this cash money for uh, this ship. You know, the people are going to forget the whole, you know, that you're contributing money to fund development of the game and in exchange you are getting this ship well not only not, not only that you're not buying the ship for what it's worth right well and not only that we also don't know how the economy is going to work in regards to time versus reward we have no idea you know it may be for the sake of argument let's just say it's a thousand it's a thousand uec for you know a smaller starter ship but it may take you a long time to get a thousand you know credits Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and and that's obviously a very low number. But point being is that we don't know what the time, what the the cost versus payment plan or or, or time sink is going to be in the economy yet. It's going to be a while no. before we know that. They might right. know that, which is why they're going to you know go live with what the uh, credit pricing is going to be. But we don't know that. Well, um, and with whatever um, ratios they go live with, um, they're still not going to know how it's going to work in game until they actually fire that puppy up and, and, and run it. Because, um, 
it's estimating people's tastes and preferences uh, for stuff like this is extremely difficult. Yeah, um, I mean, and, and think about, you know, like, you know, uh, think about Eve. And the, I know that their economy is messed up, but you're talking, you know, billions of, of isk to, to make purchases. You know, I it, mm-hmm. it would not surprise me if, for example, a Carrick is several billion credits. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it could be. You know, it's it's a gigantic starship. It's going to be expensive, you know. Eight ninety jump is going to be an extremely expensive ship because it's a luxury yacht. So, you know, it's and again, you know, we don't know how the economy is going to work. So, in my opinion, when they release those the the credit price points, it'll mm-hmm. be interesting, but it's not really going to matter until we're in game and actually earning credits. Well, in in this world of Reddit hair splitting, it doesn't matter how accurate it is. It just it, it matters that that someone lights the fuse. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah. All right, and then ship statuses. What what would what would a week be without ship statuses? The Caterpillar will have modules instead of variants, so it's going to be kind of like the Endeavor. That's that makes sense. They've talked about yeah. that. Yeah, uh, and the Starfarer and the Reliant are hopefuls for Star Citizen Alpha two point three update, update, update. Starfarer, yes. Reliant, not so much. <laughs> um, and because uh, uh, that came out on Friday, Friday evening is when they launched a PTU. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe they'll patch the maybe they'll patch the PTU at some point uh, before they release it to live, and the Reliant will be included in that. That'd be crazy. But not to this point. Okay. And probably the most important uh, bit of information for the week, Star Citizen will not feature a butt cam. Okay. Uh, you heard it here first. All right. Well, not. breaking news. <laughs> All right. So we're looking forward to the 2.3 to live. We hope that happens sometime soon. I'm, I'm feeling uh, pretty confident it'll be before the end of the month. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean, it's running pretty smoothly. I, I Obviously, I had, you know, an issue uh, with, you know, getting a ship off the off the pad, but for the vast majority of people it's running pretty smooth and when I actually have an opportunity to get back in again I'm going straight to uh, Crusader so there you go alright well I'm telling you where you folks need to go you need to please go to engine.com they are the quick easy and free solution for hosting your community website that's e-n-j-i-n dot com Thank you, Ronald Jenkins, for letting us use your music. Please do go check him out at ronaldjenkins.com. Be sure to check out Star Citizen The Base Radio at radio.starcitizenbase.com, where you can find a broadcast of one of our shows every Saturday afternoon. You can reach the podcast by email at comms at versecast.org. On the Twitters, we are at Versecast. Be sure to use the hashtag TGWS. Our RSI Star Citizen organization can be found at robertspaceindustries.com slash orgs slash versecast. Please upvote us there on the RSI Community Hub in the podcast and deep space radar sections. Links are in the show notes. On Steam, we are those guys with ships. And please be sure to check out our gaming community website. It is versecast.org. Say goodnight, Gracie. My name is Gleep, and all my contact information is in the show notes. Jimmy, where can the fine folks find you? Goodnight, Gracie. <laughs> <I just love it. laughs> you can. <laughs>
You can find me most chatty over on Twitter, uh, at Jimmy Croker. And you can find me every Thursday night at 9 p.m. PST and Saturday 1 p.m. PST hosting uh, my show Quantum Drive over on the base, uh, over on base radio. Uh, it's a Star Citizen radio station, and the show is a mix of music and lore. I'm coming mm-hmm. up on episode 24, uh, titled The Shallow, The Sallow Man, excuse me, The Sallow Man. Mm. And uh, the I've got two more episodes after that. After that, episode twenty six is the end of season one. So if you want uh, an opportunity to uh, get in on the last couple of episodes, the excitement, the thrill, the uh, drama of mm-hmm. Quantum Drive, uh, come check it out. And uh, when I go on hiatus, I'll be in hiatus for about uh, two months. And I'll be playing the best of Quantum Drive Reloaded. So you'll have an opportunity to catch up on some of the older shows. And uh, we've been the last few weeks, uh, uh, as the show is is on uh, Pacific Time, 9 p.m., uh, a bunch of us get together in-game, and uh, we uh, we put the show on, and uh, go pew-pew in the PU, and it's uh, it's a lot of fun. Best way to listen to the show, uh, as, as intended, is in-game, so I'm really excited that you guys do that. Um, I'm also going to be, uh, and I'll, I'll talk more about this um, in, in the next couple of weeks, but I'm also planning on being on our official RS in our official RSI chat room going forward, oh, okay. um, because I cannot be on our Teamspeak server when I'm doing the show. The audios conflict. Um, mm-hmm. But also, the nice thing about the RSI chat forum is that anybody that's out there, whether you're on Teamspeak or not, you can pop in and say hi. So I'm going to be on there as well. I've been on there the last couple of weeks. Nobody's been in there, but um, I'll be on there as well. If anybody wants to pop into the official uh, TGWS uh, org chat channel um yeah stop in and say hi well uh, next uh next uh thursday when you when you get ready to start and you tweet out the uh the hey we're getting going i want you to include a link to the uh, to that chat yeah i'll do that absolutely so um people can check that out on twitter for sure i'm also in the bases chat so um i you know so i'm i'm there as well but it'd be nice to have some uh, tgwsers uh you know you don't have to have a uh a twitch tag uh, to to go into the official RSI uh, chat forum, so you know it's it's a nice option for people that uh, aren't into Twitch streaming or don't have a Twitch account because uh, you need that to be on the bases uh, forum. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, come by, check it out, hang out, say hi. Absolutely, and do be sure to uh, tune in next week to hear us talk all about the Citizen Con. Mm-hmm. It'll be very exciting. Tease, tease, tease. All right, well, until next time then, we are Those Guys with Ships, and this has been the Versecast. See you guys. Have you actually tried to split a hair before? It's like, how many angels can dance on the head of a pen? 37.